This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Welcome to How Far We've Come, our six-part podcast series in partnership with NGS Super. They're keen to help Aussies make the most of their financial independence, and that means helping you learn about your finances. The decisions you make today mean you're investing in your future. There's plenty of talk about women and the inequality we experience when it comes to money, whether it be how much we earn, how much super we have, home ownership and financial freedom in general. In this series, we take stock and in true Squiz fashion, give you the backstory to this very big news story. And there's been some big moments to mention. The passing of the Married Women's Property Act in 1884, the lifting of the public service marriage bar in 1966, and no-fault divorce in 1975. There was the Sexual Discrimination Act in 1984, and we'll also talk paid parental leave. And look, if this sounds dry, I promise you it's not. These are big moments that impact us all now. Have a listen and you'll come away more informed about the journey we've been on to get to where we are now and we'll cast forward to the issues that still exist today. I'm Alice Dempster and welcome to our first episode of How Far We've Come. In this episode, we're looking at home ownership in Australia and why it's such an important topic for women's financial independence. To do that, I'll be going all the way back to 1880s Australia. That's when South Australia passed the Married Women's Property Act. If you're thinking, mm, I've never heard of it, it's one of the first major changes for women's rights and gender equality in Australia and one that still has lasting effects today. We'll dive into that shortly, but first, let's get the context. When it comes to owning your own home, for many, it's the Aussie dream, but it's also one that feels out of reach for a lot of people at the moment. Of course, there's been some very helpful advice over the years. The starting point for a first home buyer is to get a good job that pays good money. If housing were unaffordable in Sydney, no one would be buying it. It's as easy as that. Just get a good job that pays good money. That was ex-treasurer Joe Hockey. And who could forget the famous avocado article written by Bernard Salt? I'll read what he wrote, but bear with me because it is a bit of a long one. I've seen young people order smashed avocado with crumbled feta on five grain toasted bread at $22 a pop and more. How can young people afford to eat like this? Shouldn't they be economising by eating at home? $22 several times a week could go towards a deposit on a house. Poor Bernard Salt. He later said he meant that as a bit of fun, but gee, it was the start of something. So you think that young people have now got the prospect of never owning a home? Absolutely, when you're spending $40 a day on smashed avocado and coffees and not working. I, of course, absolutely. That was Tim Gurner on 60 Minutes. He's one of Australia's wealthiest property developers. For many out there, though, it might feel like no amount of abstaining from avocado toast will get you a home. And to give you the stats on that, according to ABS data from our last census, home ownership rates amongst young Aussies has decreased by 14% over the last 40 years. The headline being, when it comes to those least likely to own their own home, it's Aussie women. There are many reasons why this is the case, and to put into context why it's important, 
In the last 30 years, Australian housing prices have grown by roughly 382%. And when it comes to owning a home, for most people, it will be the biggest asset they have in their lifetime. If women are less likely to own a home, it means they're unable to take advantage of those gains. But what you might not know is that women in Australia have only been able to legally own their own home for 120 years. It all changed because of something known as the Married Women's Property Act. Let's dive in. Let me set the scene. It's Australia in the early 1880s, except Australia isn't actually Australia yet. We were still a collection of colonies under UK parliamentary rule. Bushrangers were a thing, Ned Kelly had just been captured, and while we don't have many sound recordings of that time, there were some catchy tunes. Out on the board, the old shearer stands, grasping his shears in his thin, bony hands. When it comes to our economy, the gold rush was in full swing and migration had grown as people came from all over the world to try their luck down under. But if you're wondering what life was like for women, here's Florence Panel. She was 108 years old in this clip and she's speaking about the experience she had as a young girl growing up in that time. When I grow up, shall I have to be married? Yes, dear. And if I don't marry him, shall I be an old maid like Aunt Eliza? Yes, dear. Say, Mother, it's a hard world for us women, isn't it? Women didn't have the right to vote or stand for election, and while being an old maid might not sound too appealing, the silver lining was that single women in some situations had more rights than married women. That's because of something known as the law of coverture. Women essentially were the property of their husbands once they married. You know, it was couverture. um, It was the idea that a woman, her earnings, her self, her children, everything was the husband's property. That was Kate Moss speaking, the author, not the supermodel. To give you an example of how this all played out, in 1877 in Sydney, Charlotte McNeely was attempting to get a divorce from her husband. She had five kids and to support her family, she managed to find work as a teacher. But her husband confiscated those wages from her and to top it all off, the judge refused to grant her a divorce. That was a story that wasn't all that uncommon in Australia. That gold rush migration I mentioned earlier was causing a bit of a headache for governments because of the growing number of deserted wives who were separated from their families. In the UK, fathers who wanted to protect their daughter's inheritance had joined forces with women's right activists. Together, they were campaigning for changes in the law that would mean married women would have control over their own finances and property. The campaigning worked and in 1882, the UK Parliament changed the law so that women could buy and sell property in their own name, were responsible for their own debts and could enter into contracts. Two years later, in 1884, the South Australian government followed suit and passed the Married Women's Property Act. Over the next 10 years, the other colonies in Australia passed similar bills. And a quick disclaimer here, it only applied to married women of European descent. Indigenous women had to wait many more decades before their rights were recognised. In recent years, there's been a big focus by governments on making home ownership more attainable through schemes like the First Homeowners Grants and the Family Home Guarantee. There's still work to be done, though, so let's get into how we're tackling this next. 
Just before we dive into how we're tackling this, though, we mentioned at the top of the podcast that we were able to produce this series because of our partnership with NGS Super. So here's a quick message from them. For a bit of background, they started out in the late 1980s as an industry super fund for teachers. During this series, we'll tell you a little bit more about them and, of course, the tools they have to help you make the most of your financial independence, like how you can use superannuation to help buy your first home. Superannuation is a lot more than saving for retirement and asking questions now can make a big difference to your financial future. To the here and now. And today... I'm proud to announce a new policy, a plan to help more working families realise the dream of owning their own home. You'll likely have recognised that voice. It was our PM, Anthony Albanese, during the 2022 federal election campaign. Part of that plan he was talking about is funding for the shared equity scheme called Help to Buy. The Labor Party have also set a target of one million new homes to be built over five years starting next year. So watch that space. It'll be coming up a lot in the coming weeks as they prepare to deliver their next budget. Another big issue is home ownership for single parents. Females make up 80% of single parents in Australia. Under the Family Home Guarantee Scheme, single parents can get help to purchase a house with as little as a 2% deposit. But there's been calls to do more, particularly for women and families fleeing domestic violence situations. To drill down even further, when it comes to older Aussie women, here's what actor Miriam Margulies discovered during her documentary, Almost Australian. But I'm shocked to discover that women over 55 now make up the fastest growing population of homeless in the country. There are nearly 117,000 homeless people in Australia, and a lot of them are older women. Of course, a huge part of being able to buy a home for many women is about servicing a mortgage. So the pay gap is a big part of that. And that brings us to episode two, which drops next week. In that, we'll look at women in the workforce, going back to the pioneers from World War II, and we'll tackle the issue of the gender pay gap. As we said at the top, big thanks to NGS Super, who made this series possible. For more about NGS Super, head to ngssuper.com.au. Please consider the PDS and TMD on the website to see if this product is right for you. 